Hey there, this is Mark Scarborough, and this is the final episode on Inferno in our slow walk through the first third or so of Dante's masterpiece, Comedy. In this episode of the podcast, Walking with Dante, I want to talk about some of the things that we missed or that perhaps we couldn't cover in this podcast because of the nature of the podcast. And I want to suggest to you some ways that you can further your understanding of Inferno, even as we pass on to Purgatorio, some ways that you can deepen your knowledge in the years ahead of this most incredible world-building poem. Here are a few ways that you could proceed and deepen your understanding of Dante's art. We spent very little time talking about the poetry. And after all, Inferno is a poem. While I encouraged you to see it as a plot in our fast read through, at the end of the day, (laughs) Inferno is actually a poem. And that means that there are all sorts of things we missed. Rhyming games we missed in the poem. Remember, the poem is written in interlocking three-line stanzas. There are some very wild rhyming games that go on inside the cantos themselves that deepen the meaning of those cantos. I pointed out to you a couple times that rhyme schemes were repeated across cantos to say maybe they link these two episodes together, but there is much more to be said. Why words are rhymed with certain words? How they rhyme together? Why is, for example, in the three rhyming word pattern of the three line stanzas, the first and third line of one stanza and the middle line of the subsequent stanza. Why is that middle rhyme the middle rhyme? Or why is that the first rhyme? And there are some very intriguing interpretive problems. And not only that, don't forget that, as I explained to you way early on in this podcast, the lines are written in a certain stress pattern. You can go back through Inferno in the medieval Florentine and look for those stress patterns and they'll point out certain words to you. Certain words will certainly jump out in the middle of the line itself because they're on the stress. We rarely dealt with that anywhere in this podcast. In other words, I'm making a call to medieval Florentine. Get yourself a fixing page translation. Don't just go by what I translated. Instead, look at the medieval Florentine, particularly if you know any Romance languages, if you know French, Italian, Spanish, Portuguese, even a bit of English. Listen, you can still look over there at the medieval Florentine, and you can start to see that things are happening inside the lines themselves. I mean, just that first line, nel mezzo del cammin di nostra vita, nostra, it falls on the hour, the stretch, you can feel it, nel mezzo del cammin di nostra vita, you can feel that stress on the nostra hour. The poet wants you to hear the word hour loudly. The poet wants you to pay attention. Wait, this isn't the pilgrim's journey. This is our journey. All of this is further elucidated by the medieval Florentine. And if you want to deepen your understanding of Inferno, you want to become a little more familiar with that Florentine text because it will open hundreds, thousands, gosh, no, millions of new doors to you in the interpretation of any given problem in the poem. 
You might also want to read more. And let me recommend a couple things to read more about Inferno. One is uh, the books by Bart Ehrman, E-H-R-M-A-N. Ehrman is a student of apocalyptic visions, a scholar of apocalyptic visions. And he's written some really great books about the journey from hell to heaven in various Christian traditions and pagan traditions a little bit, too. You could look his works up anywhere and find one. There's great discussions of all kinds of journeys between hell and heaven that are imagined and taken. And learning about these other journeys pre-Dante will help you to see Dante's journey. Or think about reading Eric Auerbach's fabulous book, Dante, Poet of the Secular World. Now, I have some problems with this book. I will tell you in advance, Auerbach did not have a copy of comedy when he actually wrote the book at hand. The book is, <laughs> what, 100 years old? I don't know. Not quite that old, right? 80 years old. But Auerbach's claim that Dante is a poet of the secular world, he's kind of the cutting edge of humanism, is mostly the claim we now live with about Dante. And by reading Auerbach's study, Dante, Poet of the Secular World, you'll get this sense of what the modern notion of Dante is. Let me also recommend to you a book by Prue Shaw, P-R-U-E, Prue Shaw, S-H-A-W, Reading Dante. Now, let me say, be careful about this book. Shaw makes a couple mistakes. For example, at one point she says that the Pilgrim and Virgil never turn right in hell. You know that that's not true. You, you have listened to this podcast. You know they turn right twice. But nonetheless, it's a great book about how Dante can help you rethink your own life, how Dante can help you read other works of literature, how Dante changes the way you read, how his poetics actually alter the way you read. I can't recommend Prue Shaw's book enough, so long as you keep your thinking cap on as you read it. Let me also say that if you want to deepen your understanding of Dante, <laughs> read the primary sources. Get yourself a copy of Ovid's Metamorphoses. Get yourself a copy of Lucan's Pharsalia. Get yourself a copy of Virgil's Aeneid. And, well, coming up, get yourself a copy of everything Stasius wrote, but that's coming up in Purgatorio. Go back to the primary sources. These will help you understand what Dante is doing. They'll help you understand his art better. We spent a lot of time talking about Ovid, talking about Virgil, talking a little bit about Lucan. I'd like to talk more about Lucan. As I was doing it, I was fully cognizant of the fact that I was talking to people who may have never read these works. And so I was trying to kind of, I don't want to say skim, but I was trying to not go crazy deep into the Ovidian or Lucan sources behind Inferno. But let me tell you, there is much, much more to be said than just what we did in this podcast. Dante is working with Ovid and Lucan particularly, and Virgil, in Inferno in ways that we haven't even touched. And he's about to start working with Statius in ways that are almost unbelievable. One of the best ways you can deepen your understanding of Dante's art is go back and read the primary sources. Another way you could deepen your understanding of Dante's Inferno is to listen to music based on the Inferno. Did you know that there is music based on the Inferno? Franz Liszt 
the composer, wrote the Dante Symphony. It is based on Inferno and Purgatorio. You could go and listen to Litz's Dante Symphony several times, and you might think new thoughts about Inferno. Don't know about Purgatorio yet, but Inferno, as you listen to it, or go listen to Tchaikovsky's Francesca da Ramini. Tchaikovsky wrote a tone poem about Francesca. Go out and listen to it. It might bring you back to Francesca in interesting ways. Or go listen to the group Alessana, A-L-E-S-A-N-A. They're a post-hardcore American band. They recorded an entire album, a place where the sun is silent based on inferno this post-hardcore american band go look up alasana's a place where the sun is silent it might be hard for some of you to listen to but i bet you could get into it and it might give you new access points into inferno itself of course always you're going to want to find other translations, whether that be the Lombardo, whether it be the Esselin, whether it be the Hollander's translation. I mentioned this a lot early on in our walk, and I'm going to mention it again. Other translations have other emphases. They have other ideas about the poem. Most of them are not as meta-literary as I get. You know, everybody's got their own little wheel that they want to roll down the road. Other translations will definitely help you understand the poem better. The next time you read Inferno, please don't read my translation. Please go find someplace else, preferably with a facing page translation. I'd stay away from Longfellow, and I'd stay away from Chiardi if you're an English speaker. Chiardi's got some problems, and it's not a facing page translation, and he makes some interpretive decisions that, in fact, I disagree with. But I'd stay away from them. Charlie's great because he's a great poet and his language is beautiful, but some problems uh, inside the poem itself. Uh, the American poet Robert Pinsky did a translation of Inferno and always threatened to do a, po- a translation of uh, Purgatorio, but never did. I like Pinsky's translation a lot, but he, again, takes some liberties and makes some interpretive decisions I would make. And it's not a facing page translation, so you can't see the Florentine across from it. But still, nonetheless, just read it straight through. You'll have a whole different vision of the poem because it's a different translation. And one more thing you could do before we set off on Purgatorio, go back and look at the Great Sinner episodes here on this podcast. Francesca, Ferranata, Ulysses, Pierre de la Vigne. Go back and look at these souls, Master Adam. Look at what happens to them in Inferno because they're going to come up again. We're going to find them again under our feet. And if you go back and look at these overwhelming figures of Inferno, you will be ready for some of the weird and wonderful echoes that happen in Purgatorio. This episode of the podcast, Walking Tate, brings our study of Inferno to a close. There is so much more to be said. So much more that we could explore, but 
it is also important to press on. I'm going to take a break in this podcast. I need a few weeks to catch my breath and to do a little more reading on Purgatorio before I'm brave enough to handle it. And also, I should say, I want to figure out a good pedagogical strategy for it. I want to figure out how can I present Purgatorio so it makes the most sense. In fair now, bit by bit, chunk by chunk. I think Purgatorio, not that way. But we'll see what happens over the next few weeks and what decisions I come to. But otherwise, thanks for being on this journey with me. We got through Inferno. Now let's go on to some really wild parts. I'm Mark Scarborough. I will see you very soon.